we all we can do is understand the variables and then we have to try to correct them minimize them get rid of them and not introduce new ones welcome to the blandy coffee podcast all coffee no sugar the original podcast dedicated to strip away the buzz the marketing spin and the hype by getting under the hood and giving you all coffee no sugar the only coffee podcast show motivating you to take action and accelerate your results with your coffee and your business by sharing tools, resources, ideas, reviews and interviews which work on getting you the biggest results by concentrating on the important small things. Now here's your host, Patrizio Blandi. Welcome to episode two of the Blandi Coffee Podcast, all coffee, no sugar. Thank you for joining me on my second episode of the Blandi Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Blandy from BlandyCoffee.com. I have a really exciting topic to cover. Now, this topic is going to be covered in a five-part series of episodes. It's how to make a consistent coffee even if you're a novice. You heard me right. You can make a consistent coffee regardless of your skill. The skill here is not what we're focusing on and it's not the important bit. The important bit is the concept behind what makes a consistent coffee. To make a consistent coffee, we have to eliminate variables. Ideally, in an ideal world, we're going to have zero variables. That means we're going to have the same coffee every time. Variables everywhere. There's nothing we can do about that. We, all we can do is understand the variables and then we have to try to correct them, minimize them, get rid of them and not introduce new ones. If we do that, then we're on a path to consistency. In an ideal world, we can get 100%. In the real world, we're not going to get nowhere near 100 We're going to aim for 80%. If we can get 80%, that means we're going to rock the socks off people. If you can do that every time, it's amazing. No one out there can do it 80% of the time. I, I would say a very small percentage of people that can do that every time. If you can master this, then you'll be able to make a consistent coffee that rocks the socks off everyone. Why is it important for us to make a consistent coffee? If we can make a consistent coffee, then you can enjoy a good cup of coffee. If you're in a business, your customers are going to enjoy the coffee. And not only that, they can enjoy it, they can enjoy it at any time. Because it doesn't matter who makes it, when or where, you'll be able to make that coffee consistently the same every time that's what's important so they can have the same experience every time it can get frustrating because if you don't know what these variables are or if you don't understand the concepts it's going to make your job harder to try to do it sometimes you're going to be chasing your tail you're going to start losing your passion about coffee we don't want that we're going to learn the concepts so we can find out what's put us off course then we can quickly get back onto course. We're gonna understand the variables of each part of the coffee making process so that we can repeat it every time. If we can do this, you're gonna be ahead of your competition. Your progress is gonna be fast tracked because instead of experimenting, you now know what works and your learning curve is gonna just dramatically increase. You won't be spending money or buying the wrong equipment. You're going to buy equipment that focuses on features that's going to help us on that consistency path. 
we don't need to spend money on the best equipment. Sometimes the best equipment we don't need to have. We can have equipment that has features that's going to stop those variables or minimize them or not introducing new variables. So it's important to know what those variables are. If you understand, we can reduce the variables. We know how to eliminate the variables and we're going to avoid introducing new ones. Over the next five episodes, I'm going to cover one topic in each episode. Today's topic is coffee, and this is part one. I put coffee as the first topic to cover because it's the most important. If we don't get this right, the next four parts are going to be irrelevant. We're going to be chasing our tail because if we don't have a consistent coffee, then the rest of the parts cannot be consistent or it makes it harder for us to be consistent. We have to have a concrete base. If we have this concrete base, then we can build on top of it. The second part is the coffee grinder. The coffee grinder, we're going to learn about the equipment, the features that we need to concentrate on, what's going to introduce variables and what's going to eliminate variables, things that we're not going to introduce into the coffee grinder. The brew equipment, we're going to concentrate on equipment that's going to give us great results and the features on those machines that's going to provide consistency. After we do all this, part four is milk. We can have a consistent brew of coffee, but if we don't make the milk part of it consistent, then we're going to ruin the coffee. If we don't know what the variables are in the milk, then we're going to be introducing variables into our drink, and that's going to make our drink inconsistent. Then part five is the skills and the systems to put all this into place. Those five parts is going to be concentrating on an expressor style brew method. If you understand the concept behind what I'm explaining in these episodes, this can be implemented into any brew method you, you want to use. We just have to change a few things, but then it can be implemented in any particular brew methods. That's the great thing about this. It's very, very important to know variables, the concepts behind variables. How are we going to do this? I'm going to go under the hood of each topic, getting the raw important facts out of it, which is going to give you the all coffee, no sugar principle. If you understand the concept, this can be implemented across all methods of coffee brewing. The key to this is understanding the principles so that we can implement it to anything. And once we know that, then we, we can make that consistency. In each topic, I'm going to go in, into detail about what the variables are, how we can correct them, how we can eliminate them, how we try not to introduce new ones, and going to have a system in place to minimize all this. We're going to be concentrating on the small things that's going to give us the biggest outputs. That's the main principle. If we can do on things that's going to cost us less money, less work, but it's going to give us great results. That's what we're aiming for. We're going to get it to 80%. We won't get it to 100%. There's no way we can get it to 100%. We can get it close to 100%. Those small increments to get it to 100% is going to take us more money and more effort. We can work on those things later. That's not important. If we can get it to 80% and keep it there, that's important. That's my aim of these podcast series. You don't need to be a professional. All you need to know is how to use the machine. Just a basic on and off, how to turn the water on, how to put the group handle on, 
how to use the grinder, how to how to froth milk. I'm not here to teach you how to use the equipment or how to froth milk. I'm here to teach you the variables behind each part of those equipment. If you've done a barista course in the past, your standards were up to date at that time you did the barista course. If you've done the barista course five years ago, so much has changed over that time. This is like a good brush up skills on today's technology and today's knowledge of where coffee is and where the equipment are today. If you're going to do a barista course in the future, that's good because, or if you've done one recently, because you've done the basics on how to use a machine. It's about understanding the concepts. That's a good thing to know. Is it going to be expensive? It won't be expensive. Most of the stuff here, not going to cost you money. Some of the equipment you're going to already have, some equipment you might not have, or you might need to upgrade. That's where it's going to cost you a bit of money. If you invest this money into these equipment, it doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to have the correct features. If you implement these concepts into your business, you won't lose business because we're going to improve your coffee. If you're going to take today's topic of coffee, just that alone is going to improve your coffee drink. You're not going to lose customers and it's going to improve your customers' coffee and experience. Time factor, you shouldn't make time. It's your business. People out there pay money to do courses. You need to take some time to implement these steps. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about in the next part is about the action steps. So the action steps, the best way to think about taking action. If we take action, things are going to happen. If we don't take action, things won't happen. We need to implement this the same way as a laser-guided missile hits its target. Why is a laser-guided missile so accurate and so powerful? And I don't mean powerful that it's blowing up things. I mean powerful that it hits its target every time and nothing in, in its path can stop it. A laser beam is pointed onto a target. Now our target is making it consistent coffee. Now once that missile is released, there's nothing stopping that missile hitting its target in its path. In an ideal world, it's going to go straight down the line and hit the target. We don't live in an ideal world. It's going to encounter variables. The variables are wind resistance, wind direction. It's going to blow it off target. So what does a missile do? It knows it's off target. The same way we're going to know we're off, making a consistent coffee. So once it's off target, it knows. Adjust to go back onto the laser beam so it can go and hit the target. At no time is the laser giving up. The laser's not saying, oh, this is too hard. This is too hard, I'm going to stop now. No, what it does, it keeps going. It's moving forward while it's correcting its path onto the target. Now, that's the way we need to do it. As long as we move forward, we'll be able to get on target of making a consistent coffee. It's going to take some time and it's going to take some effort. It's not easy. All we need to do is that momentum. Is moving forward to hit that target. If we do that, bang, we're going to be as accurate and as, and as powerful as a laser-guided missile. All I can say is please take action. That's the main thing here is if you want to get that consistency happening, is to implement these steps. I really want to focus on this first part, which is the coffee bean. This is the most important part of the coffee brewing process. I made this number one for that purpose. If we don't get this right from the start, then everything else that follows in the brewing process will just only amplify what we have. 
So we have crap coffee, we're going to amplify crap coffee. If we have beautiful coffee, when we go down that brewing process, it's going to amplify a coffee experience that is unbelievable. It's very important for you to have great coffee. If you don't get this right, then your consistency will be very hard. In my personal opinion, there is three types of variables in coffee. There is a direct variable. That means there's variables that we can directly reduce by knowing what they are and finding ways to reduce them. Then there's indirect variables. There are indirect variables are variables that come from other sources that we have no control of. For example, from the actual harvesting, from the way it's been processed, the way it's grown, the way the coffee roasts are roast. All that we have no control of. It's indirectly. But if we have, we can minimise them. We can still reduce them if we have a good relationship with our roaster or coffee supplier. It's something we can't control. We can minimise it by making sure that the people behind those each stages of the coffee process have taken fair steps to minimise the variables. So that's very important. And then there's the third one, which is introducing new variables. This is from you. You can introduce new variables to the coffee. That's the way you handle the coffee. How you look after the coffee can hugely impact on the coffee's changing the coffee structure and everything. You know, that can directly impact on the actual coffee. Exposure to the air, how long we leave it in the air for, exposure to the sun, and the storage of the remaining coffee. So all these things here can introduce new variables to the coffee. And then we, we're making it more harder for our lives to make a consistent coffee. How we can reduce these three different types of variables. Six steps you can take to find a more consistent coffee. The first step is buying freshly roasted coffee beans. The second step is to have a coffee ordering system. The third step is buy from a local boutique roaster. The fourth step is the roast level of the coffee bean. The fifth step is the coffee storage and handling. And then the sixth step, which you might find a bit odd, is owning your own equipment. Now, I'll go through more detail with them a bit later on, but just to give you a quick rundown, buying fresh coffee. By buying fresh coffee, you're going to have a strong, pleasant aroma. You're going to have a long-lasting crema, thick, golden crema. So it's very important to have fresh coffee. Have a coffee ordering system. If we have a system in place when we order our coffee, we're going to have a consistent coffee every week. Or if you're at home making your own coffee, if you order enough for one or two weeks, then you're going to have the same type of coffee all the time. Buying from a, a local boutique roaster, they're more flexible, they can roast smaller amounts for you more regularly, and they're probably a good place to find high quality and higher grade coffee. That's a good place to go to buy your coffee. And you can have a great relationship with a coffee roaster because he's local to you. The roast level of the coffee bean. There's nothing wrong with dark roasted coffee. As we go down further down the roasting profile to a dark coffee, our bandwidth for accuracy is greatly reduced. 
the darker we go, the bandwidth reduces. So we have to be very accurate with when we dump the coffee, the time that we need to take the coffee out. A second or two seconds longer or shorter can dramatically change a coffee's taste and structure. As we go to the darker stage of the coffee roasting profile, it's very hard to maintain that consistency. And also, you're changing the structure of the coffee, affecting the coffee's taste, the original coffee origin. So if we look for something that's light to medium, we have a greater bandwidth. So a one or two second difference in our roasting profile will not dramatically change in the coffee's output. And we're actually getting the original coffee flavours. We're not impacting on those flavours. So it's very important to find the roasting level. The fifth step of storage and handling, that's the variables that we introduce. How we look after the coffee is very important and the storage can impact on the life of the coffee. Owning your equipment, as funny as that might sound, it's very important. If you own your equipment, you're not restricted. So you can move to any coffee supplier you want at any time, finding the coffee you want. If you don't own your equipment, moving on to to a different coffee supplier it's going to be very hard for you because to start buying new equipment is going to be much harder and it's going to take longer for you to look for coffee much longer process for you to buy your equipment and then start looking for coffee so if you have your own equipment from the time you start it's ideal if you don't then start looking to own your own equipment very important you have a freedom to move around to anyone you want you're not restricted to anyone or bound to any contracts or anything like that very important. If you, you've got to take control of your business. How do we do this? This is the most, it's very easy, it's not very hard to do. I'm going to take you through the steps and show you how you can reduce the variables in each step. Now step one was buying freshly roasted coffee beans. Now how do we buy freshly coffee beans? It's very easy. And how do you know that? How do you know where to buy fresh coffee and how do you know it is fresh coffee? It's very easy. There's one label on the bag to say roasting date and that's going to tell you when the coffee's been roasted. That's it. That's all you need to know when you look at the bag. I'm not talking about an expiry date or a best before date. Now that is something in Australia we need to have that to indicate when the coffee or when something expires or when something is best. Then after that day, you can still use it, but you're not getting its full, full peak. In coffee, it would not be an expiry date because even if it goes past that date, you can still use it, but it's not going to be as good. Mainly for like coffee, you will have a best before date on it, and that there's no indication or formula to work out when the coffee is being roasted. There's no rule of thumb: three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months, a year. You don't know. It's just saying that. You can still drink this coffee up to this date, and then after that you can still drink it, but it's best to drink it before this. There's really nothing else to look for. It's just looking for a roasting date. Now, if you have to hire a private investigator to find out when the coffee was roasted, if it's not clearly marked, they're trying to hide something from you. You should be able to clearly see when the coffee was roasted. On my coffee bags, it's on the back of the bag. It says... There's two things that I write down is the roasting date when I roast it, and then a batch number. That batch number matches up to my roasting, and that tells me 
there's ever a problem, I can always go back and have a look at what's happened. If someone says, oh, it doesn't taste the same, I go and compare it to the coffees before and look at the roasting profile and make sure that if there is a variation, then I can pick it up and go, okay, that's the problem. That's, that's from my side, the batch number, but on your side, it's more for the roasting date. So you know exactly when I roasted that coffee. And it's, I'm not trying to hide it. I'm trying to actually tell you when I roasted the coffee. Ideally, coffee should be used within three weeks. So there's no point buying coffee that's more than one or two weeks old. You've got to take into account your usage time. So if it takes you one week to use the coffee, you're trying to get the coffee within the first week or the second week. So by the time you finish using it, it's in that peak period of three weeks. If it takes you two weeks, you're going to try to get that within the day or two after roasting. You must take into account the time it takes you to use the coffee. You must use it within the three weeks. Step two was having a coffee ordering system. A coffee ordering system is to maintain a freshness and consistency of your coffee. When you have this system in place, it's like I said to you, you've got to use it within the three weeks. Right, to give you an example, if you're a cafe and you're doing 10 kilos of coffee per week, you want to receive your coffee in the middle of, of your coffee usage. So when you're at five kilo range, so that might be on a Wednesday or a Thursday, you want to order your coffee. On Wednesday, you have five kilos of coffee left. You want to receive that coffee that's one or two days old. At the time you, you receive the coffee, you're going to have at least five kilos of your existing coffee and then 10 kilos of your new coffee. As you go through to the end of the week, you're going to go through your existing coffee. So that's going to take you another four days to go through. And that means when you start going on to the new coffee, you're on the first week. That means you're going to fall between week one to week two of your coffee. So you're in the middle range. That's an ideal situation to have. And I know it's very hard to get an accurate thing. I'm not suggesting you're going to be 100% on this. You know, for example, on a Wednesday, you're going to have at least five kilos. You might have four kilos. You might have six kilos. The point, what I'm trying to say is try to order on a particular date that falls within the middle range. If it's off a couple of kilos, it doesn't matter. It's about having that consistency. If you can keep doing that, then you're going to maintain this system. It's about having a consistent system in place. Now, step three was buying from your local boutique roaster. Look, this is a no-brainer. This is the most important thing to have. You're going to have and you're going to establish a relationship with your roaster. If you're buying from your local roaster, go and see them. Go and talk to them. Go and visit the factory. That's going to impact on the way you sell your coffee or the way you make your coffee. If your customer asks you, oh, what's this coffee? You can say, it's from this local roaster down the road that's roasting my coffee. I went to the factory. It's amazing. You've got a story to tell. You've got something to verify what you have. And that's going to come out in your voice when you tell that story. If you're buying from a, a large manufacturer, what can you say about them? If you're talking about a roaster that's a boutique roaster that's roasting down the level, he only roasts a specific amount of coffee every week. It's hand roasted. He looks after it. He orders high quality. That's, that's very powerful. 
having a relationship with your coffee roaster is very important. It's a bit off track what we're trying to do here is eliminate variables, but if you order from a local boutique roaster, he's going to have the indirect variables taken care of. He's going to make sure when he orders his coffee beans, it's coming from a supplier, coffee supplier or coffee broker, a green coffee broker that's actually maintaining a consistency in the harvesting, in the actual coffee processing side, bagging and the shipping to them. They're looking after that. That's his job. That's my job as a coffee roaster. I have to look at my coffee suppliers to make sure that they have a system in place that I can have a consistent coffee every time for my customers. So I make sure that I buy high-grade coffee. I'll buy a high-grade coffee because a high-grade coffee I pay more for is for the reason because it's harvested at a particular maturity. So it's at a ripe stage. They don't go there with a machine and just take everything off the tree, ripen, unripen, overripe. That mixture of different maturity in the stage of the actual cherry is going to give you a different taste. So something that's under ripen to something that's matured at a matured, matured state to an overripe state is different and the roasting is different. So if you have all these different mixtures in the coffee supply, you're going to get different consistencies in the coffee. So a high-grade coffee means that you're getting a coffee that's been harvested at the same time. It's been picked. So they only pick the, the ripe cherries. Then they go and process it straight away. Then a couple of days later or a week later, they go and harvest the tree again for the ripe cherries again. They leave the unripened ones. The overripe ones, they put in a different batch. So you're getting that consistency. Then not only the way it's being picked, the way it's sorted, you're going to get a consistent coffee bean size. So when you roast the coffee, the roast is very similar to each other. That's very important. My job is to maintain and look after those variables. That's how you can control the uncontrollable. So you make sure you speak into a roaster and you have that relationship. You can see that they're using a consistent high-grade coffee and they take care of that those variables. The other thing that my job is to do is to make sure that my roasting profile is consistent. So when I roast, I compare it to a, a, an existing profile or a, a master profile. So that's a profile that I think is very good and I roast it exactly the same. Now, it's not going to be exactly the same. It's going to be as close as I can get it. Now, it, it's out of my control because it's it's the temperature of the day, it's the weather, is it hot or cold, humidity. There's a lot of variations, but what I try to do is maintain it within a specific tolerance. And that's, and that's the best I can do. And to get it 100% is no way. So as long as I keep it that 80%, then you're getting a consistent coffee. And that's why I manually roast the coffee. So I can, I can have three more senses than a computer doesn't have. And that's smell, sight, and my hearing. That's very important to have. So that's something to look out for as well. So that's how you can eliminate some of those variables that you can't, that are indirect. So another thing to, to look at is step four, which is the roasting level of a coffee bean. We're trying to look for a coffee bean that has a light to medium roast. 
There's nothing wrong with a roast that's darker. Darker coffee is nothing wrong with it. It's you know, you can enjoy some good coffees in a dark range. But what I'm trying to say is, when you go to a darker range, the bandwidth for consistency is quite is dramatically reduced. So any minute changes in the roasting profile, seconds. I'm talking about seconds here. You know, if you're taking out the roast one or two seconds later, or one one or two seconds before a specific time, it can dramatically impact on the coffee's result. It's going to be different. That consistency is going to be different. So if we reduce, if we take it out at a level that's light to medium, that bandwidth of consistency increases because we have a greater bandwidth. If if we, even if we take the roast out one or two seconds later. It's not going to impact it that much. It will impact it, but it won't impact it as much. So that it's a greater way to get consistency in your coffee. Also, at a lighter level, you're not burning off any more compounds that are in coffee. There's over 800 compounds in coffee. So we want to keep as much as of them intact. That's the aroma compound. That's the flavor compounds from the origin. So all the most important things in coffee are still there as we go further down the roast we're gonna take away more compounds and more compounds even at the light to medium roast we're still taking a few of those compounds away so light to medium is why i think is an ideal roast level to buy your coffee for and that's another direct variable that we can look after now step five is the storage and handling this is the new variables that we can introduce into coffee so it's very important for us to maintain to reduce to make sure we don't introduce any of these variables so a very simple rule to remember is a triple three rule it must be used within three weeks from the roast date it must not be exposed to air for more than three hours and you must use the coffee within three minutes after you grind it. Triple three. If you don't follow those three rules, you're introducing variables. So that's very important to understand. Only use enough coffee beans in your hopper that is required that you're going to use within that three hours. That's where that three-hour rule is. So air actually destroys coffee. So the longer you leave the coffee, roasted coffee bean exposed to air it's going to impact on the coffee bean so keeping in it an airtight container if you're not using the coffee so any remaining coffee put in an airtight container do not freeze it do not put it in the fridge i've seen coffee shops have their coffee bags in a cold food display i cannot believe that it's it actually i've actually seen that happen i've seen it in sydney and i'm not going to say where but I've seen it, and it was really, it really broke my heart to see someone do that to that coffee. Anyway, so that's another thing. To store your coffee, don't freeze it. Don't put it in the freezer. You're introducing new variables by doing that. So any leftover coffee, as I said, put it into an airtight container and put it in a dark place. Now, I've seen people put coffee bags on display in their shop. That's fine if it's in a cool environment away from the sunlight but I've seen some coffee shops that are directly impacted by sun sunlight and they have all these coffee bags sitting there on top of it on display 
they might have 15 to 30 bags there. And what they're doing is actually destroying the coffee by doing that. You're making the coffee sweat and you're bringing out the oils and you're changing the actual structure of the bean. And that's introducing new variables. Don't have that much coffee on display. I know you're proud of the coffee that you sell or you're using and you want to show your customers. That's fine. If you want to display your coffee, have some coffee that it's old and that you're not going to use, have it on display. A couple of bags, people get the point, you know? So it's very important to make sure you're not introducing any new variables by you're doing it unaware of. Now, step six is owning your own equipment. Now, this is the most important step. If you don't have your own equipment, it's very hard for you to do any of this because for you to move to a different coffee company, if your coffee company is giving you equipment to sell coffee, then it's going to be very hard for you to move on because if you need to move on to someone, that's going to give you new coffee equipment. And then the coffee equipment they give you, you really have not much choice. Whatever agreements they have with their coffee equipment supplier, that's all you're going to get. And that's going to impact on your variations. If you're getting coffee equipment, that's going to give you variations. As I'm going to talk in the following steps, that's part two and part three, which is part two is a coffee grinder and part three is a coffee machine. If you don't have your own coffee equipment, you're going to get what they give you. And you can't move on to a new coffee supply. Very hard. And if you want to start owning your own equipment, it's going to be a harder step for you to do. It's not impossible, but I encourage, if you're opening up a new shop, buy your own equipment. If you have equipment that's from a coffee supplier, start looking to have your own equipment. Buying coffee directly from a local boutique roaster, I'm pretty sure you're going to get the coffee much cheaper than you would having it with the equipment. And the money you save on that, you can use it towards your own equipment. If you're buying coffee and they're giving you equipment, that money's coming from somewhere. It's not like they're giving you the coffee for free, or the coffee machine for free. They still have to pay for that. The business model with that is they have a very cheap coffee to give you. The markup is so high that they use that markup to make a profit and to give you equipment. So you can imagine what how much markup there is for that to happen. Now, boutique roaster cannot afford to give you a coffee machine because they're investing their money in the coffee. So the markup there is not as great. And that's why it's better to go a boutique way because instead of investing the money into equipment, they're investing the money into the coffee. For you to go and buy for high-grade coffee is much more expensive than a lower-grade coffee. That's just a quick rundown owning your own equipment. You're probably saying, I'm not a coffee connoisseur or I don't have time. I'm happy with my supplier. You know, I can't afford to purchase my equipment. If you want to move forward in your business, you need to look, you need to take action. You know, as I said earlier before, you got to be like that laser guided missile. Have the target in place and then go for it. If you're going down the path and you can't afford your equipment, you're going away from your target. Quickly adjust and get back onto target. Go and buy your equipment. Find a way. There's always a way to do stuff. You don't need to be a coffee connoisseur to understand this. All you need to know is the basic principle as I explained. Everything I explain is not rocket scientist. It's very easy. So there's really no excuse there. You've got no time. 
yeah, everyone's got no time, but we can make time. If we need to go and look for a new supplier, it's going to take us an hour or two hours to go and look for someone. Go and make time. Go and find an hour of your time that instead of instead of you watching TV for an hour, go and go and look for a roaster for an hour. Something like that. Just find some time. Something that you, it's not going to increase your business. It, if there's something that's not going to grow your business or it, it's not going to give you a, a great improvement in your lifestyle, then take that away from making you grow your business further. If you're happy with your supplier, that's great because that means you're getting what I've just outlined. What I've just spoken about, you're looking at this and going, this is perfect. This is exactly what my supplier is doing. So that's great to hear. Some action steps to take is go and look at your coffee bags. Go to where you hold your coffee and just go and have a look at the roasting date. Is there a roasting date on your bag? It's a very quick thing to do. Go and have a look. And it's a curiosity. And it's something I really want to discuss. You know, you can discuss it on my um, episode at my website. Have a discussion. I don't want you to mention any brands or or manufacturers. I'm not here to bag anyone out. I'm just doing this purely as a curiosity to find out if people are looking at that, if they already exist, if their existing coffee supplier has that on their coffee bags, and and that's something to talk about. Have you got it, or was it hard to find? You really have this. The other thing to do is taste the coffee. Taste your coffee. That's the most important thing. Go and taste your coffee. Do you like it? If you like it, your customers will like it. What you, if you like it, you're going to portray that when you make your coffee. So it's very, very important for you to taste the coffee and taste it all the time. Has your coffee got a strong aroma? You know, when you open up the bag, does it hit you in the face? Wow, this is nice. When you grind the coffee, does it impact the room? Look at your coffee crema when you put it through the machine. Is it thick and golden? Fresh coffee is going to be have a very thick crema and it's going to be long lasting. As the age of the coffee increases, it's going to last much shorter. Maybe it's going to dissipate very quickly. Now, do you own your equipment? If you don't, start looking around and listen to the next couple of episodes. Be very interesting for you. Look at machinery and you don't have to spend a lot of money. You just need to find equipment that's going to give you great results. So listening to that, then find ways to own your equipment. That's it. I think that's covered a lot today and, and a lot for you to absorb. So I hope you enjoyed all that. And please stay tuned for the next couple of episodes. It's really important thing to continue on with your consistency and I think if you take all this on board today and you do find freshly roasted coffee that's of premium quality you're going to completely see a change of your output and you're greatly going to enjoy that experience and I hope you do so buy from me and please if you if you like what I'm talking about if you do like what I have to say please subscribe to the iTunes you can always email me, patrizia at blandycoffee.com. Visit my website, blandycoffee.com. Browse around, have a look, leave any comments. Please feel free to, uh, if you do email me, I do reply to emails. So if there's anything you want me to discuss or talk about, please, please email me. And if you really like this on iTunes, 
a five-star review will be greatly appreciated if it's deserved. Any review will be greatly appreciated and your honest opinion will greatly be taken on board. So bye from me and enjoy your coffee. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Blandy Coffee Podcast. All coffee, no sugar. Subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episode. Visit blandycoffee.com to get links and resources mentioned in this episode. And download the PDF which contains a full transcription of the episode. Enjoy your coffee and bye for now.